Hello and welcome to Franchise Paradiso. This is a podcast for lovers of film franchises. Because while we all wish more original content was being made, we cannot control the major Hollywood studios any more than we can control the weather. So we will revel in what we are force-fed and dissect our beloved cinematic franchises. My name is Heath Lynch, and I am here with the amazing Foster Harlfinger. Uh, hello, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start, and the spectacular Rowan Wood. <sighs> I can't let Austin on stage, but I apologize. <laughs> I will be the sole source of joy this episode out of the trio of hosts. And we're here today to discuss the third part in our best of trilogy related to distinct films in horror franchises. This is the best first film or best original film in a horror franchise. To reiterate how this all works, we are going to nominate franchise options that fit today's topic and we consider something a franchise when there are at least three films in the series to create a definitive franchise parody, so top ten list for said topic. That's right, definitive, the one, the only, the best there ever was, is and ever will be top ten best horror original first films. However, the catch is that we have to agree. We will debate, argue, collaborate until we come up with our definitive list and that doesn't always come easy. Today, we are joined for the third time in a row by our very special guest, hopefully the other source of joy, Mr. Shane Kanto. Woo! Hi, everybody. Shane, oh, something different. thank you for joining us again. Please, please help make this fun since Foster and Rowan don't want to be here. <laughs> I, am, I am like at least 200 times funnier when I'm on other people's podcasts and doing my own, so I thought you were going to say 200 times funnier than Foster and Rowan, and I was about to be so offended. <laughs> no, for some reason, I'm a lot funnier when I'm on other people's shows <laughs> and on my own. So you're welcome. You, you can be less structured. You can just throw out random bits. So we have that going for us. All right, uh, for the last time, Shane, tell us what makes today's topic interesting. We've talked about remakes and we've talked about sequels and prequels what makes the first film the groundbreaker in a franchise especially when it comes to horror so interesting to you well you know for there to be a franchise has to start somewhere right this is you true don't get off on the right foot people don't like the first one it doesn't make money i don't know where the rest of them are coming from so it's you know Looking back, and this is definitely the one where, like, there's so many iconic first films and horror franchises, so I'm excited to just talk about them. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, again, thank you for being here. We're glad to have you, and take it away. Foster, Mr. Excitement. All right. It is it is about that time, guys, for us to do some quick plugs. Uh, I am doing my super serious voice this time because this is serious business. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at FOSTH101. Rowan, where do you want to send the people today? Well, you can find me at uh, knockonwoodfilm.com. Uh, you can also find me on Letterboxd and Instagram at Rowanaboat or on Twitter at Bits of Joel if you are so inclined. I'd rather not. Heath, where do you want to send people? You can find me on Letterboxd <laughs> at the one Heath Bar. <laughs> and Shane Kanto. Deep breath, go! You can head over to the Wasteland Reviewer Instagram page where I shamelessly plug all the things that I do for my podcast, Cinematic Wasteland Vintage, Wasteland Vintage Roadshow, and Roan in the Wasteland where I 
uh, websites where I write, like SifPopGuideTheMovies.com and uh, Knock on Wood Film and the podcast I do for Scribe Magazine. But most importantly, head over to the Wasteland Reviewer YouTube channel where I basically review everything. And apparently I reviewed The Beekeeper a week before anybody else did. Because I saw it last weekend and nobody told me I had an embargo. Um, And I have three (laughs) weekly shows where all of you wonderful people come on. And speaking of plugs, you can see it, but I have wonderful hair and not a single one of them is a plug. So there you go. (laughs) I don't believe it, sir. I refuse. (laughs) And of course. Flowing locks. Of course. How could we forget? The franchise parody so instagram that place is bumping let me tell you if you are not there what are you doing with your life and you can send hate mail as always to franchise parody so at gmail.com keep it coming keep it coming we're ready especially rowan very nice well foster you would be correct i am very ready um because As we said up top, we are talking about best original films in horror franchises. Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty of everything, the minutia of the topic, if you will, uh, let's set some guidelines, you know, some parameters as to what this means. Now, usually I open it up to the floor, but I feel like today's category is something that's just incredibly simple and very easy to understand. Uh, We define... Our franchises as a movie series with uh, three or more films in them. Uh, And so I think pretty much this episode is just about the very first film that comes in those franchises. That includes if there's a remake of said film like The Thing, if there is a remake of that movie, it is not the remake. It is the very first film that was released chronologically. Foster is raising his hand. He wants to say something. Will I let him say it? I don't know, but I think I will. There you go. Take it away. I just have to say, I'm a little, I'm a little confused by this topic, if I'm being quite honest. Are you saying it is the sequel, or it's not the sequel? Let me boil it down to, um, into language <laughs> that you can understand. Um, <laughs> I, an intellectual, I understand some words and phrases that I use, are going to be a little, a little too big for you to understand. Um, Most of them. Time is a linear construct. If a movie... I've realized I'm doing something visual here, and I need to stop doing that. If a movie is released here... <laughs> and a movie is released For those at home, here, Rowan is moving his fingers slightly to his We're going right. to talk about the movie that is released it's mirrored. here. It's left, which is because now he's going backwards in time. Does that make any sense to you, Mr. Foster Harlfinger? You know, I think I get it. That cleared it up for me. Thank God. God. Now we can move on. It looked the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, now that we know what we're talking about. He's going to kill Rowan. That was Rowan terrible. I am recovering from a sickness. I would appreciate your your, your, your respect and kindness at this time. Um, let's start nominating franchise options. So as a reminder, uh, we are going to start throwing out options from our, our own personal lists and honorable mentions that we feel should be in the conversation for the overall top 10 uh, that we'll be making uh, at the end of this episode. I am going to start us off uh, with 
honestly, every single one of these movies on my list is one of my favorite movies ever, uh, which just goes to, you know, show you uh, the strength uh, of the uh, of the films, the caliber that we are going to be talking about today. Um, I will start by mentioning um, one that's, that's pretty much at the top of my list, at the top of my list, some would say, uh, and that is Scream uh, from 1996. Uh, the original... Uh, Wes Craven masterpiece um, that launched an entire, not just a franchise of its own, but an, an entire subgenre of of meta horror and just meta movies um, in general. Now, I don't think a lot of these movies that we're going to talk about today were made in mind, like in, for the express purpose of setting up a franchise. But Scream, at its very core, sort of lends itself to that um, that path in that it it is. Um, it's a commentary on the medium in general, and thus uh, it, it it lends itself to as the as the sequels do sequels commentating on threequels, commentating on eventually like franchises and requels, and it like it very much sets itself up even unintentionally for that sort of um, development. Uh, yeah, Scream is. One of my favorite movies ever, and I think it is uh, very much one of the strongest first entries uh, of the franchises that we'll be talking about. Yeah, this is definitely very high on my list. Uh, I will uh, take it a little older, and I'm going to go with uh, Psycho, I think is just a fantastic movie. Uh, for me, not only is it like classic, iconic, I actually find it super watchable. Uh, it's just great performances, great editing tight well shot it's perfect great moody atmosphere um uh it's just amazing when i got my new tv like a year or two ago i watched two movies the night that i got my new tv i watched jaws and then psycho back to back which i'm sure we're going to be talking about the other one of those movies i just mentioned soon enough but uh man it's just a a perfect movie certainly high when i got my first blu-ray player i watched casino royale in the movie 21 we are different people, <laughs> but Psycho is definitely on my list as well. <laughs> and it is my turn, <laughs> and I'm going with Halloween. I feel like this is one of the films that helps define the horror genre. It helped define slasher films, and John Carpenter really put his name on the map with being one of the best horror directors around. And this is just such a perfect, tight, incredibly well-crafted film. And I love this film to pieces. So, 100%, Halloween's number one on my list. Also, that score. Yeah, so far, we're all just naming stuff that's on my list. I'm assuming almost all these are on all of our lists, actually. Uh, it was fun putting this together for myself because I found that the majority of these uh, were not just like things I loved, but almost over half my list were top 100s for me. So uh, we really are talking about some of the best ever. So I will go to one of my favorites, and that is Alien. The original mm -hmm. Alien uh, is just a stone cold masterpiece to me. Uh, I absolutely love it. It is my number one. Um, I think what really Scott achieved here is just fascinating. Uh, it set the template for how many, for how many other horror tropes and scares or different techniques we could use for decades. Uh, it's lighting effects, it's sound design. 
that score is great. The creature design is still arguably some of the best creature design in the history of film. Everything about it is just incredibly distinct, memorable. You have iconic scenes like the chestburster. You have iconic set pieces like the Nostromo ship itself or the uh, colony uh, where they find all the the alien egg pods. It's it's just awesome. Uh, I absolutely love Alien, and I'm going to be pushing hard for this one. But it's going to be interesting because I've loved ever. In fact, all all four of these so far are literally my top four, just in a different order. So I mean, this is going to get tough. I can mm-hmm. sense it. Yeah, um, we have not mentioned a single one so far that is not in my top seven. Um, yeah. Next, I am going to go uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which still today is. Like it's still, I mean, we've talked about all of these movies so many times throughout this season on the uh, on the show. But Nightmare on Elm Street still sort of the idea of the horror behind it still terrifies me. Unlike a lot of what these franchises are based in, um, but N- Nightmare on Elm Street, it's literally your dream, something that you theoretically have absolutely zero control over, and you must surrender yourself to when you go to sleep every night. Um, and that, to me, is like like dreams actually turning against you is so sc- scary. Um, and the original Nightmare on Elm Street just plays it perfectly by having Freddy Krueger be um, mostly a background character in this movie. Like, like he does not appear very often in this uh, original movie until, um, until the finale. And even then he is used, um, he's used pretty sparingly because that's what's scariest um, about it. Uh, not to mention it has compelling characters, and those are always great uh, to kick off a franchise with, even if none of them return in the next one, except for Freddy Krueger. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, this movie rules so hard, uh, and uh, like a lot of it still holds up. It's still scary. The practical effects are still incredible, uh, and 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 the filmmaking, I think too. Like like it's just shot so so well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, is up there. Okay, in, like crack yeah. my list, but it's definitely yeah. like one of the most iconic horror movies around. So this is gonna I be just tough. made a realization about a movie as we're doing this, so I'm going to have to adjust my list on the fly. And so Nightmare will make my list. <laughs> it was just out. Now it's in the comeback. <laughs> so uh, there was a, a raging debate going on in our little chat here over the past two minutes, which you all podcast listeners are now privy to. Um, my next one that I wanted to bring up was the Silence of the Lambs, and then it just hit me. It's not the first. It's not the know, first. Hannibal, no. Not the first Hannibal Lecter story because Manhunter came out before, and I suppose in that case it wouldn't count. Here's my question though: is in what category do we place Silence of the Lambs then? Because it's not a sequel. It's not a remake or reimagining. I feel like it is in. I feel like the best category for it is original film, and I would love to honor it somewhere. But I guess it. I mean, if we don't talk about it today, it kind of doesn't have a home. I, I think. I think we just goofed up because I weeks ago set my list for this one, and I thought of it as an original as well. Completely forgetting that Manhunter came out five years beforehand. I think in '86 when Silence was what '91. Um, yeah, I don't think it should count. It, it's it because it is technically a sequel. In the timeline, though the films don't relate because they recasted everyone as a different director, different tone, and all that, 
in the story that the books that the movies are based on and the books and this, even the timeline of the films, Manhunter, the tooth fairy killer takes place before Buffalo bill. And by the end of the movie, as we all know, Hannibal escapes. Yeah. That happens after he was, you know, he was still incarcerated in Manhunter. So I think we just kind of all collectively thought it was going to be an original, but really it should have been on the sequel and prequel episode. And we just, I'll just say it bluntly. We fucked up. <laughs> I think we messed this one up, or at least I feel like I did. Damn. Cause silence of the lambs would have absolutely, that would have been number two on my list only behind like aliens on the prequel episode. So Woo. that's rough. Yeah. Uh, but what are, what are some other thoughts? Should we count this? I don't think we should. That's just my take, but what's everyone else think? I feel like this is a bad time to be changing the rules of your podcast when I it's agree. Like one of the last ones of the season. <laughs> I concur. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think it cleanly fits into any. I don't really feel like it's a sequel. To to be honest, I, I don't think I would put it in there. A sequel. They just recast everybody. So yeah, I just so. feel like it's not designed to connect to Manhunter, though it's just like a separate adaptation of one of the Thomas Harris books, right? Like, I, I wouldn't call that a sequel, um, but I, I mean, also I would, wouldn't I would call it an original I would to film. Star Wars in, like, you know, like, the original Star Wars, it, it's very similar, actually, in that regard, whereas the original Star Wars started everything, but it's actually a sequel to the prequel films, which came later, but that one's even more distinct that you could make an argument for the original because A New Hope was the first Star Wars film in 77, whereas this isn't the first Hannibal Lecter film. You know, Manhunter did. But those, those films it. share cast members. These are... I don't think there's any... I mean, actual... regardless of whether they share cast members, it's the same of... characters is the point. It's the same franchise. But I mean, sequel implies that it's direct, directly referencing the previous film rather than just being a separate adaptation of an original source material. I don't, I, I'm, me personally, I would not call it a sequel. Um, I understand what you're saying, like technically in the timeline, but it's not intending to connect to Manhunter as far as I understand. Well, I guess I mean, it depends on how you're defining a sequel. Is it a sequel of a franchise or a sequel of a story? Then I guess the better example would be something like James Bond, where all the James Bond films are individual adventures that do not correlate to one another whatsoever. They're adaptations of singular Ian Fleming novels, or at least the early films were. But But again, they share cast members. They do share... Well, some of them do. Not all of them. Sure, but... I guess at that point, you only include Dr. No as the original James Bond movie, and then literally everything else is a sequel. Yeah. That's what I would Even say. Even if they blow it up and... Like, Casino yeah. Royale, I guess they've screwed up the timeline in James Bond so much that I'm just like, all of them are just sequels at that Rowan, point. what is your take? You have been very quiet. What is your thought on should we count... Silence, because I feel like the whole podcast is on standstill until we figure well, this out. I will, I will not count it as original, just to say. It's not original. I just also don't think it's a sequel, but sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Rowan, go ahead. Yeah, um, I agree mostly with Foster. Like, I don't know where this is going to be, but I think at this point we just should cut our losses and accept that it is it doesn't fall into this category and, and it wouldn't fall into others too and just heap all the praise we can upon it 
anyway. Like I like I think we all love this movie. Like we all love yeah, Star Wars. Right. Like like we have if talked this about was animals. Eligible, this would easily before. be on my list. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I think we just move on. <laughs> yeah. what, all right, what so tragically movie? moving on, Silence of the Lambs will not be eligible because we can't really find a happy spot for it. Because yeah, and again, Foster, I even get your point. It doesn't feel like a sequel either. So it's just it's just this weird space and time where it doesn't really fit into anything. So with that said, Foster, give us something else off your list. Uh, okay, Jaws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> phenomenal. It's a masterpiece, uh, which apparently is now my number one <laughs> since my actual <laughs> my actual number one doesn't count anymore. Um, I think uh, Jaws is one of the best movies ever made. I think it is just like uh, one of like the prototype movies. It's like the blueprint. It's just you can't beat it. Um, anything on water, anything with a monster, anything with like a group of people on the hunt for anything. It's just like impossible not to compare it to Jaws. Even just seeing Godzilla minus one in theaters a couple of weeks ago, I'm just thinking of Jaws the whole time in the back of my head. It's just like, it's just one of those movies. It's never going to be beat. It's just phenomenal. It's just perfect. Everything about it, tense, scary, uh, music, performances, everything about it is perfect. Really well shot, cool camera choices. Love it. I also think it still has some of the best character development out of any of these types of movies ever, mm -hmm. which is a big part of why it works for me is because I, I care so much about these characters as they're going into their final confrontation. Absolutely. And it was so impactful on society that it basically changed everybody's perspectives on sharks for the yep. worse for generations. So there you go. <laughs> and really it gave us, and yes, exactly. And it gave us the line. That's some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> yeah, that's not reason enough uh, we're gonna need a bigger boat foster <laughs> ah you know that's number two <laughs> yeah. this is my number two boom so um so then my number three is the exorcist mm. because this film is legitimately one of the best faith-based films ever created no matter how weird that sounds out loud oh it totally is Absolutely. The journey that Father Karras goes on in this film is incredible. And um, not a single exorcism movie that came after this does not borrow from this movie. And this would not even be a subgenre of film of horror if it weren't for The Exorcist. And the fact that this was the highest grossing film ever when it got released and made people throw up in the theater and walk out. It was that visceral. The and first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. It's it's just one of those most iconic films out there. And I just rewatched it recently and it still hits. It just made it even worse sitting and watching the new one in a the theater. Or watching <laughs> the second one for a first time because what was that? But anyway... I, w I would even go so far as to say it's crazy that not only did every other Exorcist movie borrow from this in terms of the official franchise, but even n films not in the official Exorcist franchise, that any film that's ever had any kind of Exorcist scene, even if it's like a comedy spoof parody, they borrow from this movie. This is the end? <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say. <laughs> is it really that compelling? Yeah. <laughs> also, we wouldn't have the Pope's Exorcist if it wasn't for the Exorcist. And... Those no one's favorite film of 2023 exist, the Pope's so Exorcist. You gotta thank it. <laughs> I will... 
guys, my list is already out. <laughs> that, that is my seven. <laughs> yeah. So I'm already down to honorable mentions. Uh, so I'll go the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original from 1974, one of the prototype slashers, just missing the cut for me. Um, the cut? I think this film still really works well. <laughs> it works so well because it's so gnarly and disgusting, even just down to the granular nature in which the film is shot uh, from a cinematography standpoint. I'll never get enough of Bubba dancing with the chainsaw enraged at the end of the film in the middle of the road. It's all great. Uh, it just, I don't know why. And we've talked about this before. Something about the Texas chainsaw franchise kind of holds me back from just really loving it. Um, but this is right there on the cusp for me. Uh, and so I wouldn't even be disappointed if this made the list because it is a damn great film. Movies off the chain. One of the craziest oh! movies we ever saw. Gives me such a buzz every time I watch it. Hey, I'm here all week. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Help, next person, someone talk. Okay. Um, I will be the one to save Foster from his plight. Uh, I will talk. Um, I am going to talk about um, a movie, uh, the sequel of which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Um, but the original, The Conjuring from 2013, I knew this was where you were going. Uh, introduced us uh, to the Warrens, uh, maybe my favorite pairing in horror movie history, um, and a like a, a very compelling and genuinely very creepy ghost story um, that stands very well on its own, but does lend itself to like very well to a franchise of just like paranormal adventures starring these two people who you love to watch together. And like, I don't love this first movie, especially as much as I love its sequel, but it is incredibly effective um, and, and really, really uh, scary as well. So yep. many good scares in this. Yeah. Yep. This I never want to do mention. Clap, clap, yes. That will always Hanging be. Hanging laundry. <laughs> oh, so Jeez. Uh, I have two more in my top seven, actually, because uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Exorcist did not make the cut just because I'm trying to go with my heart by favorites rather than doing what I think are the technical best ones. And my number six is Candyman. Nice. Uh, I think Honorable this for me. movie is uh, fantastic, and I think it's uh, kind of an important movie. I think it's very meaningful and has a lot to say, and I think it's kind of ahead of its time, and I think when you watch it in 2024, which we're in now, um, mm -hmm. I think it just feels like made by someone today, almost. It's kind of hard to believe. Uh, Tony Todd is incredible, one of the great horror icons, and one of the best uh, villain performances ever. I really like Virginia Madsen as the lead, too. This is really well shot. It's got a great score, um, and... It's just great. It's spooky. It's like got that sort of urban legend feel. It's like, um, I mean, I feel like I remember in elementary or middle school, people talking about the like saying Candyman in the mirror three times thing just because the movie exists, you know, I, mm. I, like I, I feel like the movie itself has sort of had like some of the effect that the character within the movie had, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yep. Damn nice. great film. The Candyman can. Um, I also decide to use my seventh spot 
to shamelessly plug one film that I absolutely love that has no chance of making this top 10. But if I were going to contribute anything to coming onto your podcast, it'd be sharing the love of Tremors. And (laughs) I love them Graboids. Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Michael Gross, Reba McIntyre, Perfection Valley, Nevada. This is just, this is how you make a B creature feature and have so much fun doing it. Has such a great fun ensemble. And those practical effects, those, those graboids were such a fun idea. And then they just kept rolling with them and making some of the weirdest stuff in movies. Uh, But yeah. I love Tremors, if you couldn't tell. So, pour one out for Tremors. <laughs> I, I do love that first film. It's a blast. Uh, my next honorable mention is going to be the original Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Um, what's more to say that we haven't said before? This is like what zombie films are today because of this film. Um, the way it's shot, uh, the the makeup that they were able to utilize at the time. Uh, the, again, also ahead of its time, the race relations that are implied within this film by casting a black man as Ben in the lead and what that says at the end of the film. Uh, it's just, it's awesome. This film is great. Uh, and I never get tired of rewatching it, especially at its really felt compact runtime. This thing is just aces. So night of the living dead. Yes. A true classic. And you know what else is a true classic? Saw, 2004, directed by, <laughs> also directed by James Wan, uh, does not, like, barely even dips its toe into the soap opera storytelling that will eventually mark uh, and, and, and distinctify the Saw franchise. But twists galore, like, questionable accents all over the place, uh, and just some really fun and zany uh, characters and locations. I think this movie is, like, legitimately so fun uh, and has just the wackiest transitions. There is a scene where... um, where Danny Glover, Danny Glover's in this movie, by the way, where Danny Glover is talking, <laughs> is talking to someone and the transition to a street is a car comes into frame and covers his face like a, a little bit more every second. And then the, like the car just takes over the frame. It's wild and crazy. And I haven't really seen anything or, or, or I hadn't seen anything like it when I first saw this movie and it just blew me away. Uh, and it, is honestly uh, perhaps one of the better uh, Saw movies of a franchise that just gets progressively shittier as you go along until Saw 10, which you all should definitely see uh, if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, the first Saw, I think, is uh, definitely a worthy addition to this category. Another honorable for me. To put this out there. I don't like the Saw movies, so <laughs> getting a whole lot of love from me here. <laughs> Well, they don't like you. <laughs> They're inanimate objects. Ooh, cold. Okay. Well, my we number seven. Feeling about art. <laughs> uh, my number seven is Fright Night, which is just a movie that I love. Uh, is just so much fun to watch. It's just like it's just like a warm, cozy horror movie. It's just so nice. It's just like, it's it's little part coming of age, little part romance, little part John Hughes comedy, little part vampire next door, a uh, little bit weird, creepy kind of porno energy at some parts <laughs> in the movie. It's just like 
kind of got everything. I know. <laughs> it's just got like everything rolled into one. Chris Sarandon is like just it's one of the great horror performances for me. Um, and yeah, I just love watching it. It's just so fun. That's it. Yeah. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> no, I still haven't seen that it. first film is great. It it's a blast. Um, question: Is Nosferatu and Dracula its own separate franchise, or are they all together? We have been separate. considering them separate because they are separate okay. characters. That although they have same energy, <laughs> separate characters, separate stories. Except one's a ripoff of the other one because they didn't that, want to get sued that for is copyright. True. Um, I have Nosferatu as one of my honorable mentions, and my whole explanation would just be me doing looks and acts from Nosferatu, but this is an audio podcast, so I won't. Um, this is just such a creepy, uh, gothic German horror film, and just really set the tone for what horror films could be, and I would not, like, Nosferatu is my top three <laughs> <laughs> um, Nosferatu is my top three most anticipated films for 2024, so I cannot wait. I even really enjoyed the Werner Herzog version and the uh, meta version of Shadow of the Vampire, so Nosferatu is great. Absolutely. Uh, the next one for me is going to be Carrie from 1976. Uh, definitely has to be in consideration here. Uh, an all-timer performance from Sissy Spacek. Um, uh, terrific, iconic ending with the pig blood and the explosions and the flame and the destruction. Uh, Brian De Palma, not at the quite the height of his powers, but you can see so much of what makes him great here. The uh, split-screen panel editing that almost looks like a, a graphic novel come to life. Uh, I love the uh, character performances from John Travolta and Carrie Allen. Uh, this movie is just, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's got so much flavor to it and it's got a heft of a story too, in terms of the mother daughter relationship. And uh, it's, it's terrific and it still holds up really well to this day. So Carrie 1976. Very nice. Um, every single thing except for tremors that has been named is on my honorable mention. So we're going fast. <laughs> Uh, next, I am going to mention uh, The Invisible Man from the 1930s that stars uh, a very eccentric Claude Rains uh, as yes. this mad scientist who turns himself invisible, causes some mayhem in a tavern, and then like destroys a train that kills like a hundred people. So yeah, this is a uh, this is a <laughs> this is a crazy movie. Um, I think it's honestly like. As opposed to the 2020 film that just scares the hell out of me and is about very much about like a like real world issues, the 1930s one is is just so goofy and like very uh, just very quirky and weird, uh, and I love that about it. Like like it, it's so different from a lot of the other Universal monster movies too. Like it knows how to have fun, which I feel like is a trait that. Um, a lot of like more self-aware movies in the 21st century typically have, and you don't really see that a lot in um, in older movies like this. Uh, and so, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Absolutely. I, uh, let's see. Next one I'm going to shout out. How about The Wicker Man, which is a great movie. Uh, yes. This is just, I mean, 
there's not a lot of movies like it, but any sort of folk horror movie is definitely inspired by Wicker Man in some way. Even something like Hot Fuzz has a lot of uh, inspirations mm-hmm. taken from Wicker Man, including some cast members. Yep. Um, and it's very creepy, like genuinely scary and unsettling in a way that not every horror movie necessarily is because some horror is just fun horror and it's, you know, it's horror because it fulfills all the tropes. This is a horror to me because it's like actually sinks under your skin a little bit, especially the ending. You're never going to forget. Um, yeah, just creepy all around. Great Christopher Lee performance as well. I always love a good Christopher Lee performance. I miss that man. Absolutely. Um, my next honorable mention is Evil Dead. So this is like, what if he didn't have any money? And couldn't make Evil Dead 2. So this is like the amount of practical effects that they put into this movie to make this work is so impressive. And are these actors great actors? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is no. But this is such a fun, crazy time. And all I can imagine is the Coen brothers running around in the woods with a two by four with a camera attached to it. Uh, being the deadites it's just a fun time this this one's definitely like i respect this so much and the last time i watched this was in a old school theater full of people and it was such a fun time everybody was having a fun time with this i think obviously the sequels are better because i think just a matter of having more money to work with but this is still like a fun little horror film that was made for like no money yeah, these are a blast, all of them, and uh, I, I still, I'm in the very much the minority here, but the original is still my favorite in this franchise. Um, I have two more uh, honorable mentions still left. I'll do, uh, let's see, let's do uh, Poltergeist from 1982. Um, I don't know if it really has a shot. There's been so many other great ones that we've already mentioned, but again, as part of the conversation, I think it deserves to be there. Uh, the the haunted house thing has been done before um, and it's been done since, but this is one of my favorite versions of that. The way they portray the spirits uh, it's great seeing Hooper behind the camera, put his spin on it. uh, But with kind of Spielberg's grander scale and uh, production capabilities uh, at Hooper's disposal. Uh, I think the performances here are actually really good as we've talked about before in the past with the real skeleton props, uh, this movie can still give you the heebie-jeebies. Uh, it's creepy. It's exciting. It's visually stunning. Um, I just think this movie is a ton of fun. So the original Poltergeist from 1982. Nice. Uh, I only have one more on my uh, honorable mentions, and that is X. From, that was my uh, last one, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's X is just... Um, it's different and unique, especially uh, being made now for like practically no money uh, with as talented a filmmaker and cast as it has. Um, and it's also like, it's also pretty scary in like a, in a very uh, real world sort of way. Uh, and then, and then there's an alligator or is it a crocodile? I can never remember. Uh, that just kind of comes out of nowhere and then eats uh, Kit Cuddy. Um, yeah. Uh, I, have always respected um, big swings when it comes to 
uh, films and film releases, especially um, Fear Street and the Fear Street trilogy is a big one, like just making all three at the same time and then releasing them just so close to each other. And the X strategy of making both of them back to back, like knowing full well when you're making one, what the other is going to be about. And I think um, especially after having seen Pearl, the like X reads differently, um, especially with uh, with the Pearl character. And I think that that is just uh, like really interesting. And the fact that the original is made better uh, by by the sequel, and that is a like a very intentional thing during the production of both, I think that that's just very interesting. Uh, and I'm done. Okay. You all are making me sweat as you all are saying you're right at the end of your list because I have quite a, quite a few more. Um, I have... Right. I should I rattle mine off or Shane? Do you have maybe just a couple more, or how many more do you have? I have two more. You do your two, and then I'll do the rest of mine. Okay. Well, I have Insidious, which honestly, just the jump scare of the Red Demon is honestly enough to make this movie memorable. And I know it's like the less loved James Wan Patrick Wilson collaboration, but I still enjoy it quite a bit. And you mean Aquaman is the most loved? (laughs) 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 You know, what's funny is even in the most recent Aquaman, Patrick Wilson had to get possessed. And I'm just (laughs) like, is this a requirement like, if he's in, in a contract. James Bond franchise, does he have to get possessed? Is in his contract? Um, but my num- uh, my last one is the 1910 Frankenstein, because technically that's the original one, I guess. Um, if you haven't watched this short film, that's probably like, I don't know, 10 minutes, the creation of the creature is some really impressive body horror for, like, 1910. So it's pretty cool. And the costuming and the makeup and stuff is pretty cool. It doesn't feel like a whole movie because how many films from back then actually felt like whole movies. Um, But it's definitely something to check out. And it was definitely something that I watched thanks to my Cinematic Wasteland podcast and my brother getting me a collection of like early treasures of cinema collection that I have. So definitely check it out. It's on YouTube. Now, this is worth pausing for as well. We've never counted short films before, and if we do, that would actually change because, like, Saw from 04 is not the original Saw if we're counting short films. Saw from 03 would be. Do so I'm inclined to, to... talk about how much I love the, like, universal horror Frankenstein instead? Well, well like... it becomes... So the first feature length was Life Without a Soul, which was the Frankenstein story, but they changed all the character names. And then the first feature length with the character names proper is the original Universal from 33 or 31. I'm sorry. So I'm actually fine with counting the 31 one here because it's the actual first one that used the names and it's a free feature length. Is that the one we want to go with? Do it. No one I responding. Ha- I, well, I, yeah, I mean, I had, I had the, uh, the 1931 on my list. Okay. Which is also a classic and extremely iconic. Like, literally everything about it's iconic at this point. Yes. So, there you go. All right. 31 well, you Frankenstein should check out on the, the 1910 list. one. It's pretty cool. So, I have, uh, like, six or seven more here that I just want to mention. Because I think they're just too good of movies to not mention on a sure. best 
original horror film list. Uh, I know I'm higher on this, I think, than everyone else here, probably, but The Omen, I don't think, has been mentioned. Nice. nice. And I, I like that movie quite a bit, actually, and it's just been, like, four or five years since I've seen it. Otherwise, it probably would have been crazy high, and you all would have been surprised. It's just been too long. What I love about it is, is it's like you, a... Damien. It's so, so, ooh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, um, uh, that's uncanny, Shane, by the way. Um, it was, it's just like a 70s, 80s drama, you know, like picture like Kramer versus Kramer, ordinary people, but then throw in the devil. <laughs> it's just like, it's like got that perfect, like, 70s vibe to it. And when you have, like, a true horror inserted into that, it makes it so scary to me. I I do find this movie very unsettling. Okay, my next one is Black Christmas, which I've talked about enough on this podcast. Yeah. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I have the original Child's Play, which I do like and is, to me, the only Chucky movie that is actually, like, a scary horror movie. Um, the rest of them are kind of kind of comedies, not that that's a bad thing. Uh, I do have the original Blair Witch Project as well. Not that I necessarily adore that movie, but it's just like the significance of it. And it, it I think it's pretty scary too, even even knowing the history of it and all. Um, the ending is pretty wild. Uh, I have the original Dracula, I don't think we've mentioned, which I don't love as much as the original Frankenstein, because um, I just don't know if it's as watchable, but like Bella Lugosi and just the way it's shot and everything. I have the original Hellraiser, which I think is a great movie. Incredible practical effects, pinhead, iconic. I have the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, maybe I should stop saying the original before every movie name because that's kind of the podcast we're doing. <laughs> but um, the Invasion say. of the Body Snatchers, which is great. And then I have Predator, which Heath, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't bring up Predator. And oh then one I only watched recently, Reanimator, is the last one on my list, which I thought was so fun, and I've thought about yes. it a lot since I watched it. Oh, crap, yeah. that really makes me rethink things. I just tried to, like, limit myself after a while because I felt like I was going on. But, yes, I, I literally agree with every single film that you just mentioned being yeah. a part of the conversation. I limited myself like crazy. You have no idea. <laughs> I didn't go below four stars for me. I was like... Only ones that I would consider like favorites, you know. Well, yeah, I just no, recall I my it. top seven, so because <laughs> for some reason Predator didn't pop in my head. <laughs> Sorry, how can we not mention Predator? I mean, honestly. All right. Well, that was a lot of stuff, and uh, I hope everyone's still with us here as I'm putting the list together to make sure that that's I okay. Can I properly am. read off things. I think I have them all. I think I caught everything as you were listing them off. So, with that said, we have all the pieces to the puzzle. It is time oh, to not do this part, because I forgot. <laughs> I know, I was about to say. One other section. Foster, take it away. That's right. Trying to steal my thunder. I know. Lynch. I'm trying to... I'm After all the clout that our incredible podcast has. I want Keith all the Lynch, if that's even your real name. It is Come on not. Now. We've gone over this. <laughs> Come on now. I know. It's just whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I am right now. Uh, okay. Anyways, guys, it is time for the special shout out section. You know the deal. We got to shout out some movies that we would love to talk about, but do not qualify for our list because they are not part of a franchise. I am going to mention mine here. I'll leave a couple off that I'm sure you all will get to. I'll just say 28 Days Later is 
one of my all-time favorites. It's a top 10 movie of all time for me. Um, They're meeting uh, about the next one. I know. They just released that announcement I saw. Uh, Hereditary, I love. Um, An American Werewolf in London, I love. Yeah. Audition is a messed up horror movie from Japan. That whole country just needs like one big group therapy session from their horror movies, you know. <laughs> uh, Malignant, which is just a blast. And then Barbarian, which is one of my favorite movies of last year and is so much insane fun. Last uh, year? Rowan, I mean, two years ago. It's 2024. Is it 20? Uh, okay, get out of town, you silly goose. <laughs> um, I uh, just have two. Uh, I have The Shining and a movie that I know Shane is going to be up in arms about, but I don't think I want it to be a huge discussion right now, and that is Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> I also I had not, Shining. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going <laughs> to say I love The Shining and I love Suspiria, and they would definitely be very high on my list if they both counted. <laughs> so I, also I have... wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but no, seriously, The Shining would be my number one. Like, easy oh, of course if yeah. that counted and i do love suspiria it's such a creepy weird movie love Dar- dario argento i could just list off a whole bunch of his movies just like <laughs> opera just like so many of them are fantastic horror films i have suspiria on the show as well i also have misery uh, I thought Misery is great, and uh, House from 1977. Again, Japanese therapy is needed, Foster. But also one of the best Criterion Collection covers. Yes, I love that poster. That cover art is tremendous. I saw that in Barnes and Nobles for years, and was like, "What is that movie?" And then I watched it. I'm like, "Now I know," and I'm glad <laughs> I watched it. But do we have any others? I honestly was only going to keep it to The Shining and in Suspiria. So, there you go. So now we'll actually advance then. Now that we have all the pieces of the puzzle, it's time to put the picture together and do some rankings. As a reminder, here we are with all of our nominees that are in contention for the top 10 today. That's going to be Alien, Black Christmas from 74, The Blair Witch Project from 99, Candyman 92, Carrie 76, Child's Play 88, The Conjuring, Dracula 31, The Exorcist, The Evil Dead, Frankenstein 31, Fright Night 85, Halloween 78, Hellraiser, Insidious, Invasion of the Body Snatchers 56, The Invisible Man 33, Jaws, Night of the Living Dead 68, Nosferatu 22, A Nightmare on Elm Street 84, The Omen 76, Poltergeist 82, Predator, Psycho, Reanimator, Saw, Scream 96, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 74, Trimmers, The Wicker Man from 1973, and X. I think I caught them all as we were going. And I tried to delineate which versions of the films are the indeed originals. So, uh, this is of course going to be a collaborative ranking. We are going to have to come together, debate, argue, concur, until we come to a collective decision on Franchise Paradiso's top 10 definitive first entry Original horror films in a horror franchise. Let's get it started. What is advancing? It sounded like there was love for Alien, Psycho, Scream, and Halloween, and Jaws. Were those like all pretty much on everyone's list? Yep. All right. Alien, Psycho, Scream, Halloween, and Jaws are advancing. What else is moving forward? I would like A Nightmare on Elm Street to go on, if that's okay with everyone. 
I concur. concur. Seconded. Motion passes. What else? <laughs> the Exorcist. Yes. I am down for that That's as well. Hmm. What I about think only one of my top seven now that I re- reorganize its Predator, but I don't know if anybody <laughs> else would put it on there. What about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I'd be okay with it. Moving on. I would be down for that. All right. Yeah. Um, let's the see. The Conjuring? I mean, I love The Which Conjuring. One? Same. Conjuring? Yep. I'm down for that. Um, How do people feel about The Evil Dead? I'm down. I love The Evil Dead. I'd be Dead. down for it to move on. What about Carrie or Night of the Living Dead? I would be more Night of the Living Dead if I were going to pick either of those two. I agree. Okay. Especially if you're taking into account like the franchise-ness of it all. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I know Foster's probably going to be down for this. What about Candyman? Yeah, it was that was the next one I was going to mention. All right. I haven't seen it, so I don't have anything to control. Oh, it's so good. Top of the watch list. list, sir. It is on my very lengthy watch list. <laughs> what else do we think legit has a shot at cracking our top 10 that we want to add here? I do feel like a broken record each week, but I would put Frankenstein. <laughs> um, I don't know do how strongly people feel about that. You don't have to push it forward. If, if Well, how many do we have? With, with Frankenstein, that gives us 13. Four, five, six, seven. Do we want to only debate if we legitimately feel like it's going to be in the top ten at this point? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, what what has a need, shot? We don't need to push forward Frankenstein. Okay. All right, so we're Just at twelve. My voice heard. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else that has a legit shot at cracking top ten out yeah. of these outside of these twelve. So we have Alien, Candyman, The Conjuring, The Exorcist, The Evil Dead, Halloween, Jaws, Night of the Living Dead, and Nightmare on Elm Street, Psycho, Scream, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Two of those have to go before we even start ranking. What is... is this is, is going to be tough, actually. So, Ooh. like, this is a legit list of just iconic... Genuinely <laughs> some of the greatest horror movies ever made. Um, Not even just horror, like... Take that just caveat movies. off. Just yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, I would say that the first that I think should be cut is The Conjuring out of this. Not that I like doing that, but that's some uh, that's a that's a title I'll throw out there. Any other thoughts? Um, this might be because I haven't seen it, but I also feel like I don't know if I'd put the Candyman with the others. I will say I like Candyman better than about half of these. Yeah, and I I would like Candyman to stay. I think you'd be surprised, Shane. I think you would. Um, I would kick off Night of the Living Dead, um, which I love. Right. I love a lot. It's just compared to other things on this list, like it's right next to Jaws and Elm Street and Psycho. Conjuring and Night of the Living Dead are my lowest two. I would be but fine with losing both of those. For me, honestly. Yeah, I'm good with those two. Shane, are you cool with those? Bucket. Sure. (laughs) All right. Night of the Living Dead and The Conjuring Down. That means our final 10 will be Alien, Candyman, The Exorcist, The Evil Dead, Halloween, Jaws, and Nightmare on Elm Street, Psycho, Scream, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre in some order. 
what will that order be? Let's find out. Number 10, who, what do we think is the weakest that we got left? Texas I hate Chainsaw? saying the weakest. These are literally all-timers, but like of these yeah. all-timers. I don't know. I feel like Texas Chainsaw, which is fantastic, is maybe the like the the one with the least juice in the barrel, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I could second that. I was gonna third that. So, Whoa. all right, I will not voice my opinion. Texas Chainsaw will be number ten. <laughs> it's it's on the list, Heath. <laughs> no, it, it, Texas Chainsaw was my. I nine, feel like so this is the hardest it. list of all. Yeah, like there's Texas just so many nine, so movies. Gonna... Uh, all right, what does everyone else see see as number nine from here? Um, How do people feel about the Evil Dead? That w- that was my ten, which is fantastic. But yeah, it is. I, I mean, did, I feel like I we just that. like we can't keep saying that all these movies are fantastic because we know, like we've said it so many times. These movies, but are we old. can say it every time, like yeah. a tiny eulogy for each film as they yeah. go. Yeah, uh, Rowan wants you to stop, Heath. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I do I'm not curtail Rowan's demands. <laughs> Rowan is fed up. <laughs> we do not give in to movie terrorists. Yep. All right. Dead at movie at terrorists? What <laughs> do you think of <laughs> The Evil Dead at Nine, is that cool with everyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. This is where I would have Candyman at eight. Agreed. Yeah, that works for me. It's up to Foster. That's, that's to fine. It. For me, the lowest one on this list is probably The Exorcist, which I think in terms of quality is right up at the top. But for me, in terms of personal enjoyment, is at the bottom of this eight right now. Um, Gotcha. Like, I'd rather put on Candyman or any of these other movies before The Exorcist just because it's, like, so draining and intense. Um, But, yeah, Yeah, I mean... I'm not about that. Okay. (laughs) Keep Candyman at number eight, then. Shane has vetoed you. (laughs) All right, uh, at number seven, then, um, this is actually where I would have Nightmare or Exorcist. I prefer Exorcist or, higher. Um, did we do The Conjuring yet? Conjuring didn't it's even make it. not on the list. Fuck oh. The Conjuring. <laughs> <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> Damn. Mm. Uh, I guess I'd probably put Nightmare. I would Nightmare. do Nightmare. Interesting. Okay, no I sounds okay. like the highest on it. It's it's my number four, but I would be okay with it here. Well, it's what's okay. your lowest, Rowan? My lowest of the ones we have now is The Exorcist. Okay, so it's between The Exorcist and Elm Street, basically. Yeah, those are my next two exactly. I I have those The Exorcist higher well. just here due to the sheer the quality is of it my and the performances three. and everything. We could do Nightmare and then Exorcist. Yeah, I'm good. Because Nightmare was an honorable mention for me. Okay, yeah. yeah. That seems All right, so Nightmare at 7, Exorcist at 6. God. Number 5. Oh, this is going to get tough. It, what wait, we have left, dear listeners, is Alien, Halloween, Jaws, Psycho, Scream. I would probably say Scream. I was about to say Scream is my number 1, but I think it should no, be. No, no, I have Scream as my number 3. My lowest is actually left is Jaws. Which I know Foster's oh, next lowest. Kate Rocks. Kate Rocks. <laughs> Jaws is Absolutely my not. 
Absolutely not, Heath. Don't even get out of here with that trash. <laughs> Absolutely not. All Charles right. is not number five. Where's that it? So, where's everybody have Scream? I had Scream at three. Seven. Uh, four. <laughs> Rowan, you had it at one? It's my one. Okay. Where's mm. Psycho for everybody? Two. Psycho two. is three. Well, I have as low as I'll just here. <laughs> let's let's all read our five. So my top five from five to one, I have Jaws, Halloween, Scream, Psycho, Alien. I so uh, this is also my top five, these same movies. I had Jaws, Psycho, Halloween, Scream, and Alien at number five. Okay, wait, you do it you, you read them in a different order than me. I did it in descending. You did it ascending and I wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Alien your number one? Alien yeah, al- I'll oh. right, I'll count it down from one. Alien is my one. Psycho, okay. Scream, Halloween, Jaws. Oh, okay, yikes. Never mind. Then this is gonna be tough because I have Jaws number one, Psycho number two, Halloween number three, Scream number four, and Alien at number five. Oh. So wow. yeah, you and I flipped ones and fives. <laughs> oh. Um I Jaws is my number six. Fight continues. It is relentless. Episode to episode. Um, Jaws is my number six, so it just missed my top five. Um, But my yeah, that's right. Rowan, weight that average from one to five is uh, Scream, Alien, Psycho, Nightmare, and Halloween. Maybe Halloween. 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 My number number three is The Exorcist. My number four. Sorry. It's Halloween, Jaws, Psycho, Alien, Scream at the bottom. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Is it Psycho by default because it's none of our number ones? No, I. Okay, so here's, here's. Wait, do we all have different number ones? We all have different number ones. And the number ones were Jaws, uh, Scream, Alien, and Halloween. So Psycho is no one's number one. However, two of us, I heard, had it at number two. And I think the other two have it at number three. So I... Oh, yeah. Yep. So by weighted average, Psycho actually might be the highest. So I'm not okay with letting Psycho go at five. Because all of us love it, just because none of us want to give up our number one. By actual lowest, in terms of the weight, I'm sorry, Rowan, Scream was the lowest. I suggested that! (laughs) (laughs) So, do we want to do Scream at five, then? Not that I even really want to, but I... And I know Rowan doesn't want to, but... I suggested that! (laughs) I mean, Rowan's clearly fighting for Scream, and it's just... (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to He loves it so much. He doesn't want to let it go. All right. Scream at five. Yay. 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 Right. <laughs> yes. It's a little fight. All right. Number uh, four. All right. Now we have to kill Darlings. Either our collective okay. almost average number one in Psycho or number ones that averaged higher than Scream. I feel if like Halloween wait. is if you wait everything, yeah. it's near the bottom. Halloween my number one so much Shane. <laughs> huh? I said I gave up my number one so much Shane. 
Well, I was literally just going to say, based off of what it sounds everybody else said, it sounds like Halloween's going to be number four, despite, despite me being very sad about it. <laughs> uh, All right. I'll shoulder the blame and the sadness. Halloween at four. So our top three left over, or still remaining, still in contention, is Alien, Jaws, and Psycho. So, Foster, it really just comes down to you and I. Who wants to give up what? I would not mind if Psycho was number one. I'm just saying. If we're I am actually cool with compromising that. on that, too, is if we just give Psycho number one and you and I duke it out for two and three. None of us are happy and put Psycho at one. <laughs> I mean, it, none of us are happy in terms of we didn't get our number ones, quote-unquote happy, but, like, in terms of averages, Psycho should be our highest based off of, it sounds like... It's my number like, two. I'm pretty happy. I'm, yeah, uh, it was I my am, two. I'm happy with that. It's my number three, so... If if Thumbs we're up. fighting for... So we're fighting between Jaws and Alien for two and three is what this actually uh, comes down to. My vote is for Jaws for two. Rowan, what's your vote? Uh Oh, boy. Um, Come on. Don't mess this up. Oh, boy. Uh... I would go alien for two. Yeah, that's oh. right. We're still arguing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shane, Shane, where do you have alien ranked? Five. Me too. Alien's oh, two man. for me. I had alien at one and and uh, Jaws at five. Oh, Jaws gosh. is my six. So that's oh, for anything. By average. <laughs> I think it's Jaws at number three and alien at two. In that case, right? By average? If it if there's yeah, by average, literally just because Rowan has it at six instead of five, yeah. it would it would be Jaws. If it yeah. and not that this matters, because we've talked about this in, before in other topics, the the whole weight of the franchise shouldn't matter. But we'd like to bring it up from time to time. And if we did in this regard, clearly the alien franchise has been way more successful than the Jaws franchise as well. So if anything, for that as an honor for kicking off a bigger franchise. But Rowan skewed it. Rowan screwed over Foster. I am innocent. So Jaws will be at three. Alien will be at two. And Psycho at one. So there it is. Our definitive list in top ten descending order. Number ten, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Number nine, The Evil Dead, the original which I don't have to specify the year because they use the, the suffix is the in the title, where the later one Which doesn't. suffix is that again? The. <laughs> the? The. I mean, it's a good it's a good one as far as it suffixes is. go. It's, it's one of my favorite. Top three for sure. For sure. Number eight is going to be Candyman 1992. Number seven, A Nightmare on Elm Street 1984. Number six, The Exorcist. Number five, is I lost it here on my spreadsheet. Scream from 1996. Number four is Halloween from 1978. Number three, Jaws. Number two, Alien. And number one in our hearts forever and for always, the best horror original film, first film in a franchise, Psycho from Alfred Hitchcock. There it is. That's the list. We did it. Congratulations to us. Congratulations. Yay. That actually Oof. might be the the most debate we've ever had on one of these. <laughs> At least regardless, that was fun. I enjoyed and that. And it was all respectful. Yes. Until Rowan. I'm pretty, 
destroyed Foster's dreams. <laughs> I'm happy with this, though, because it's a compromise win. It's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah, I am too. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks again, Shane, for joining us. Uh, we had an absolute blast. I love that you were able to come in and do this uh, trilogy of episodes with us. Well, and hopefully I could be back in the future. So I am a every week listener. I love this podcast, and uh, it's been an honor being a guest. We will absolutely have you back next season, probably for the same trio of episodes. Same theme, just... <laughs> Just a different genre of film, perchance. We'll uh, announce that genre for season two shortly, maybe. Um, But thank you as well to all of our loyal listeners for tolerating our insufferable fandom. We love each and every one of you and couldn't be more grateful that you all take the time out of your day to listen to our incoherent ramblings. And if you want to positively rate and review our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and or share it with friends, we'd be ever so appreciative. But for now, it is time for me to stop looking at the text chat conversation where my co-hosts and guests are unhinged in the stuff that they're typing and trying to make me laugh and crack on screen as they are laughing. I haven't typed anything in a while. (laughs) And we'll say goodbye and see you next week. So, bye. 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 Bye.